Welcome. This is Corinne Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. My friends, how are you doing? I'm feeling more space in your life. I hope so. (laughs) What a couple of years we've all been living through. What a couple of years. I have some friends that are celebrating because their kids are back in the school. And even though there may be hard stuff with the Delta variant, that there's people out of their home and how it is to have space. So I hope there's some beauty in your moments of your day. That's my invitation for you as we go through this beautiful thing that's messy that we call life. Today, I'm going to be talking about the overused phrase... I'm sorry. And I'm going to talk about the process of understanding why we use it, what we do with it, and what to do instead. Okay, because I wind up spending not a lot amount of time, but I just wind up spending a fair amount of time helping my clients reframe it first, even noticing that they're doing this often. So one of the things that often happens is check in with yourself and notice when you notice yourself saying, I'm sorry, or if you say it a lot, if that's part of your frequent use of your vocabulary, is that you playing small in your life? Are you constantly apologizing? Are you taking apologizing for things that one may not be your responsibility Two, don't actually need an apology or are you playing small and putting someone else above you? And have you used it so frequently that it's actually lost meaning for you because you say it so much? So an example, this week I had a client and my clients are high achievers. They tend to be overachievers. They know how to really work hard and they're intelligent and putting themselves first is often not great. And so I had a client who showed up a few minutes late to her session. And the first thing she said is, I'm so sorry. (laughs) And I always tell my clients, they never have to apologize to me because this is their time. And I don't make it mean that they're being disrespectful. I realize that they're learning how to put themselves first, to be a priority in their own life. And there can still be obstacles. And I'm really committed that they are going to be setting themselves up for success as we go through this process together. So Throughout the session, there were several I'm sorry's for many different things. So sometimes we take on that responsibility because we're like, oh, I don't want to be disrespectful. So let me say I'm sorry. But is that really an appropriate use of I'm sorry? Right. Or we have been so culturally programmed to say it that it becomes the space filler. It's like when we don't know quite what to say. And instead of saying nothing and allowing for silence, we say, I'm sorry to fill the space. I used to do that. A friend of mine who is a civil rights advocate and she was a huge supporter of gay marriage. And she was one of the first people married in California when they had the legal right to marry. But one day Ellen and I were walking and she said to me, Corinne, I listen to your podcast. I really love it. And you say what not quite a bit. <laughs> and what I realized was I was filling that space because that was 
uncomfortable to have space on live air. So I would fill it with whatnot, but I said it a lot. And of course, as soon as she gave me that feedback, which was supportive and it was loving and it was kind and it was a way to help me get better, I had shame, right? And maybe back then I didn't recognize it, but I had shame. I was like, oh, I should know better. I shouldn't do that. See, I'm just a fraud. I shouldn't be doing this podcast. I shouldn't be on live radio. But what I did was once I could overcome my own shame and be a bit more resilient and go, oh, she gave me something. And if I can acknowledge it and be aware of it, then I can start to remove it. And it took me time. And maybe I still say whatnot. I'm not as aware of it as now. But I think I've gotten better about the pauses, about slowing down, about taking up space. And even now working on slowing down and taking up space, because for so long, I didn't really feel that I had the space to be heard, right? And so I used what not to fill that space. And sometimes my clients are using, I'm sorry, because there's space and there's uncomfortableness in that space. And I'm always fine with dead air. And I'm getting more comfortable even being on a podcast with dead air because those pauses can be insightful. So check in with yourself. Are you apologizing because you believe it's showing a sign of respect to somebody else? Are you apologizing because you're overcompensating? Are you apologizing because it's filling up space? Just pay attention to what you're doing with that sorry. What is it? What's behind it? And then ask yourself what you're apologizing for. Is this something you're truly responsible for? right? And I get it. Like being on time is something that's really important to me. Like it's valuable to me. I like, I like to be on time. I like for other people to be on time and I have to make sure I don't get into a script that they need to be on time, but I really value being on time. And sometimes life, you can try to do everything right. And you may be, (laughs) I may be a minute late to something, right? That happens at times. And I'll, my clients are always like, it's a minute, Corinne, it's not a big deal. When you're a swim coach, a minute is a really long time. You can get a lot done in a minute. But one of the things that I've learned to do is instead of saying, I'm sorry, you can acknowledge what you've done. You can say, thank you so much for being patient or thank you for waiting. So now that's you owning your story and you're letting the other person know that you appreciate it, right? So when Brene says we own our story and we love ourselves, that's the bravest thing we can do. That's an example. We're owning the story of, oh, here's my part. I realize I may not have met up to it and I appreciate you meeting up to it, right? What may not be further said is, and I'm going to really work on, or I will continue to commit to being on time, right? And so in my world, I want to more often be on time than not, right? It may be a 60, 40. We're not even talking like a hundred percent or 90%. I'm not looking for the A. I'm actually, I guess D is 60%, right? But maybe C, maybe we're looking for 70% average. We're giving ourselves a bit of space where it doesn't have to be perfect, right? And some of you may say, Corinne, a minute is really ridiculous. That's too tightly wrong. I get it. And I also understand that you're coming from somebody where a minute is a lot of time in the world that she has spent a great deal of her life in, right? 41 years of my life has been in the sport of swimming. A minute is a lot of time. I'm working on it. <laughs> so checking in with yourself, is this something you are truly responsible for? Does it warrant an apology? 
right? Or do you overuse an apology where maybe it becomes meaningless and paying attention to that? This is without judgment. This is reflection, right? So they're using our critical thinking skills, not fault finding skills of whose fault is it? Who can we blame so that I don't have to be responsible and we can put it off onto them? This is critical thinking skills and paying attention. Is it a space filler? For oftentimes I find it's a space filler. Another reason that people are sorry is they don't want other people to feel bad, right? And so they take that on and say, oh, let me say, I'm sorry for this. I'm sorry that I can't go on vacation with you because you think by you saying no, that now you're responsible for their emotional well-being. You saying no to not going on vacation also has to do with what's going on in your life. It's not about, oh, they're a bad person, right? And if they're sad about it, or if they feel rejected about it, it's also important for them to check into what is the story they're telling themselves when you say no about not going on vacation. Because remember, our feelings are created by our thoughts. Our feelings are created by the stories we tell ourselves. And that's why you and I can both watch something or experience the exact same thing and have different feeling states because of the stories that we filter that circumstance through. So you are not responsible for how people feel. You may bring in certain energy, but remembering that when you say no to somebody and they may be upset, what's going on for them? When we say no, people typically don't like that because they want what they want. But if you're not saying no because, oh, they're a bad person, you're just saying no because of your own capacity, can't be responsible for that. Okay. So constantly checking into what is your responsibility and what is not your responsibility. And apologizing for things that are truly your responsibility, but not apologizing for things that are not. Another thing that I see, especially women do, is being sorry for your emotions. And here's the thing, my friend, you never need to apologize for having emotions. We are emotional beings. We've lived in a world that's been built that was told us that emotions are soft, emotions are weak. You're being too emotional. Of course, you're emotional because you're a woman. A lot of that is built by the patriarchy, right? We are emotional beings, all of us. And while some people may have been really good at pushing down their emotions at some point, it doesn't work. And that's, you know, at some point the numbing doesn't work and either there's health problems from the numbing or the hiding or the working away, right? It doesn't work. And then there's the disruptions in relationships and marriages and families, right? And substance abuse. So when we can understand our emotions and having the emotional intelligence where we can be aware of our emotions, have social awareness where we can manage our emotions and we can have a relationship with our emotions that creates emotional intelligence and that ability to practice our emotions and to, you know, regulate them, to feel them, experience them and not let them overrun us or to escalate where then we blow. So my invitation for you is to never apologize because you are feeling your feelings. One of the people that I've had on the show, Harriet Lerner, she has her groundbreaking book from the 80s called The Dance of Anger, right? Her key finding from that was that anger is not a bad thing. Women were getting angry because boundaries were broken. 
So instead of like focusing on the symptom of the anger, what's underneath it, that boundaries are broken. Let's work on resolving that. That's the root cause. And Todd Cashton, who's a positive psychologist, who's also been in this on the show, and I'll have links to both their interviews in the show notes. But Todd Cashton wrote the book, The Upside of the Downside, how instead of thinking it as bad emotions, there's these emotions are here to give us information. So for instance, right, women often get ridiculed or chastised or told that we're weak or interpreted that we're weak because we cry. But really, what's underneath that? Why is your body needing those tears to come out? Not something to discover. So instead of apologizing for it, where then we shut it down and we shame ourselves, instead of apologizing, saying, okay, there is something going on right now where my tears are coming and this is information that my body's trying to catch my attention to, right? Let's stop apologizing for us being emotional beings. We are emotional beings. That would be like a dog apologizing for shedding hair. Dogs shed hair. We are emotional beings. Let's embrace it. We don't have to be, you know, in excess. And what happens often is that when we don't deal with our emotions, it comes to blow right? When we're discounted, we don't have a voice, we're told what we say doesn't matter. At some point, that tension just builds and builds and builds and there's that rumbling and then there's that volcano of anger that happens. But that's the symptom. It's not the root cause. The root cause is all the stuff underneath. So let's start addressing that. What are we feeling? Understanding your emotions, not apologizing for them. We are emotional beings. That's one of our systems. We also have a thinking system. That's another system. And we have a doing system. We have these three systems and we need all of them to really thrive in our lives. Many of us have really thrived in the doing. Some have added the thinking component, but there's always an upper level limit. And that emotional system helps us get through to be our most authentic selves. Okay. So my invitation for you is when you are emotional, noticed, you apologize. I'm so sorry that I'm, I'm crying. I'm so sorry that I'm angry, right? It could be that I'm so sorry that I said this to you in anger. You don't deserve to be treated that way, right? But don't apologize for your emotions. Those are your emotions. They're here to give you information. Learn from that. And as you go through this process of letting go of this, I'm sorry if you take on this invitation of letting it go and not overusing it, is the next shame storm is you may not realize that you're saying it until well after the fact. Maybe as you're sitting here listening to this podcast, you're like, oh my gosh, I did that three times in the meeting yesterday. I can't believe I did that. And I didn't even recognize it. It's okay. Of course you didn't recognize it you've learned this is one of your survival mechanisms, right? Like you weren't aware of it. And once you see it, it's really hard not to see it. And it's okay. When you create that awareness, it's okay. And it doesn't mean you have to create it in that moment. You say it. It can be after the fact, just like with my friend, Ellen, we're out on a walk. I know exactly where we're in town. We're by the olive trees. And she made that comment. And I remember that shame feeling. And this is probably... 2007, right? I remember that feeling to this day in 2021 and being able to be resilient, overcome and say, here she is trying to help me. I'm feeling this. And 
it's okay. This is something I can unlearn. We can unlearn overusing I'm sorry, but we can't judge ourselves on that process, right? Of how fast we do it. So if you don't notice it in that moment, that's okay. Unpack it, be aware of it. Don't judge it and then work on reframing it. Sometimes it's often as simple as when you notice, you say, oh, I'm so sorry I was late. Have a phrase ahead of time. It can be, thank you so much for waiting or thank you for your patience. You know, I appreciate your patience with me. You're owning your story, but you're not over apologizing. Now, if you're always somebody that's 10 minutes late, that is something else to look at of why are you always 10 minutes late? And is that aligned with who you want to be with your values and how you want to show up with other people? Does that build trust or break trust? As you continue to do this work, some of you may notice that you say, I'm sorry. And then you're like, oh, I just said that. And the person may be talking and you're in your brain going, I can't believe I said that. I shouldn't have said that. I know better. Right. And all that jumble, you can reframe it in that moment or you can catch and be like, oh, there it was. I said it. And now you want to celebrate. Yay me. I'm noticing it sooner. You're actually making progress. We think once we learn something, you hear this on the podcast, boom, it should be the magic wand and therefore you should never do it again. Notice how I said the word should, right? We do that judgment to ourselves instead of that it takes time and practice. Like I know if a kid joins the swim team, we're going to teach them how to swim. Some people think like, oh, if they're on the swim team, they should be able to swim 200 yards that day. That may or may not happen. We're going to continue to practice. And some kids spend eight years, 10 years, 12 years on mastering the skill set of these four strokes. Let's work on giving ourselves the time and the space to master these skill sets so that we can be our most confident self, so we can live a grounded confidence life. And as you create this awareness, awareness is such an important part of creating change in our life, being aware of it, seeing it without shaming yourself and being compassionate. And you can own it and go, oh, what am I really sorry for? Am I really sorry? And what is my responsibility? And the most important thing throughout this is to be kind, be kind to yourself. Be there for yourself, no matter what. Not only do we need support from other people, we also need our own support, right? Support doesn't mean not being accountable and saying, oh, it's okay. It doesn't really matter and discounting it. It means owning what you have done and what is your responsibility and what is not your responsibility. So my invitation for you is be deliberate. If your go-to is to say, I'm sorry, don't beat yourself up. When you realize it, you may realize it as soon as it comes out of your mouth. It may be a week later, a month later. That's okay. Own what is truly your responsibility to be sorry for and what is not. And when you notice it, work on changing it. Be kind to yourself as you navigate out of this cultural programming that we, especially as women, have been conditionally taught to be apologetic. It's our fault. We must apologize. We must make amends. The way to have a conversation is to soften the blow with an I'm sorry in the beginning. Instead, we all need gentle hearts for ourselves as we create our new ways of authentic being. I'm so excited for you as you work on being deliberate in this one small but powerful area of your life. 
Hey there, before we go, I have a question for you. Have you subscribed to the show yet? This is an awesome opportunity for you to preserve your brain juice. I love the fact that I can subscribe to podcasts and television shows and they go straight to my iPhone or they go straight to my DVR and then I don't have to worry of, oh no, especially with television shows. Did I hit record? Is it going to be there? Or now do I have to watch it on demand and go through all the commercials? So go and hit the subscribe button. There's a link in the show notes and that will ensure you that you never miss a show and you can also save your brain juice for other things in your life. There's way more important things, but you and I will still be connected because the show will be waiting for you in your phone. Go to the link in the show notes, subscribe to the show so you can automatically get all the shows to your phone. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide awake.